presented by Nippon Steel and U.S. Steel. Hey, good morning. I'm Playbook co-author Rachel Bade. It's Tuesday, February 20th. The U.S. has drafted a U.N. Security Council resolution calling for a temporary ceasefire and encouraging Israel to push pause on plans to attack the southern city of Rafah in the Gaza Strip. The wording of this resolution underscores a dramatic shift for the Biden administration, which for months, as you know, has pushed back on calls for any sort of ceasefire, all while endorsing Israel's right to defend itself. The move comes just a few days after President Joe Biden publicly called for a pause in fighting to allow for the release of hostages. Biden also told reporters on Friday that he personally pressed Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to wait on storming Rafah. That's where more than a million civilians have fled amid the fighting, and Biden is obviously worried about additional casualties. So far, Netanyahu appears to be thumbing his nose at Biden, hence the increase in pressure with this draft resolution. This comes as the U.S. has vowed to veto a separate Algeria-led resolution calling for a permanent ceasefire. That's going to be considered today, but clearly the Biden administration doesn't want to be accused of doing nothing. It's really not hard to see why. We are now eight days out from the Michigan primary, and that's when the administration is going to get a first look at how many Muslim and Arab Americans have turned against the man they helped boost to victory in 2020. Biden won the Wolverine swing state by about 155,000 votes last time around, including the backing by almost all of Michigan's 200,000 Muslim voters, with many of those voters now blaming Biden for the death of almost 30,000 Palestinians. The president could be in trouble. There are also signs that Democrats should be worried about Michigan over the weekend. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib, who is Palestinian-American and obviously a prominent progressive from the Detroit area, she showed up at a voting center and called for voters upset about the Gaza situation to vote, quote, uncommitted. At the same time, the abandoned Biden campaign, which is a Michigan-based effort of former Biden-backing Muslims who are now organizing against him and referring to him as, quote, Genocide Joe, they're adding new chapters around the country, and organizers are hoping to have a strong presence on primary day. Elsewhere today in South Carolina at Clemson University, Nikki Haley is giving a State of the State address. This is going to happen at noon, and it was just noticed last night. Obviously, a lot of folks are going to be watching if she's dropping out. She has insisted that she's not going to, but Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said something similar just in the hours before he decided to leave the race. So we'll see. As Haley prepares for this speech, the Trump campaign is eager to remind everyone that the functional end of the primary is actually just around the corner. Later today, the campaign is going to be releasing a memo by senior advisor Chris Lasavita. The memo asserts that Trump will clinch the majority of bound delegates and become the presumptive GOP nominee in the next four weeks. According to the campaign, even if Haley reprises her New Hampshire performance at 43% in every state voting over the next four weeks, Trump would still cross the 1,215 delegate threshold on March 19th. That means he's essentially the nominee. And based on other polling, there's a scenario in which Trump can actually get there by March 12th. A scoop for you this morning. Most Senate Republicans are rolling their eyes and dismissing their House GOP counterparts' impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas as a total waste of time. But there's the MAGA wing of the party, which looks like it's planning to have some fun with this spectacle coming down the pike. This morning, we intercepted a copy of a letter Senator Rick Scott is going to be sending to Vice President Kamala Harris. The upshot, the Florida Republican wants the vice president to preside over the Mayorkas trial in the Senate. 
Scott is reminding Harris that, according to the Constitution, the vice president should serve as presiding officer. He writes, quote, I write to encourage and invite you to fulfill your constitutional duty. Of course, it's unlikely we're going to see a Mayorkas trial at all, or at least not a long one, as we reported a few days back. But even if we do, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has already signaled that he wants President Pro Tem Patty Murray from Washington to actually oversee proceedings. That's actually what occurred just a few years back for Trump's second impeachment, when Schumer actually tapped Senator Patrick Leahy for the same task after the Supreme Court Justice John Roberts signaled that he didn't want anywhere near the public mudsling. Interestingly enough, back then, Democratic impeachment managers were also privately pushing for Harris to preside. They thought that by doing so, it would lend sort of an air of credibility to the proceedings. But the White House back then said they didn't want Harris anywhere near the ugly political circus. And it's unlikely we think that they'll want her anywhere near this one either. Of course, that's not going to stop members like Scott from trolling Harris for skipping out. In his letter, Scott claims that Biden appointed Harris as the border czar in early 2021. Though, of course, Harris's allies will argue that she was only put in charge of the root cause of illegal migration. Consider this just a preview of the political gamesmanship that awaits us all next week when lawmakers return to town and will deal with the House-passed Mayorkas articles. And for the rest of your schedule today, the House and Senate are out. And I'm Rachel Bade. Thanks for listening. Through its acquisition of U.S. Steel, Nippon Steel is committed to investing in an iconic American company to benefit American industry, American workers, and American communities. By securing jobs, honoring existing union agreements, and keeping U.S. Steel's name and facilities, Nippon Steel is ensuring that U.S. Steel products continue to be mined, melted, and made in America. 